Shut up and sit down. Welcome to episode 422 of Third Shift. I'm one of your hosts, I'm Eric, and as per usual with me today is Mr. Matt, the glorious one and only Mr. Matt. That's not all. That's not all, everybody. We have the man, the myth, the legend, Sean Haggerty. You might have heard him in a million of our stories. Well, he's here with us today because we're going to be doing a little deep dive on a little man known as Khalees whom happens to be one of Sean's favorite characters to play, and we thought, who better to help us with it than the man himself? So, we'll go ahead and start off with Matt, and then we'll jump to Mr. Sean, because I want to save the best for last. Not a very smooth segue there. Damn it! <laughs> Come on! <laughs> uh, so, I mean, what do you want me to start with? I was like, you can ask, ask my well, humble week is. Well, I want you to start with like, you, hey, you know what we start with, so don't get <laughs> cocky with me. Uh how was your week this week, Matt? What did you do in this fine world? Uh, it was a pretty good week. Anybody who follows me on Twitter, at the real Doc Funky or who listened to IG2G, which we also did this week, knows that I beat Persona 5 on, I believe it was Friday of last week. Grand adventure there. If you want to hear a little bit more about that, go listen to IG2G. I'll, I expand upon it in that. Uh, other than that, it's just been work and been totally getting burned out. It's almost vacation time. Every day I go in, I'm sick of unfollowed procedures Dumb decisions, stupid questions. I don't know. Wh- who, which one of you guys wants to go first? How was your week? Well, Sean's going, man. Sean's going. I'm going to carry us in to the next part, as I do so often. All right. So, Sean, how, how's your week been going? How's, how's your life been going? What's up? Introduce yourself to the people, man. Well, hey, guys. Uh, well, thanks for having me on. Uh, like you said, my name is Sean. Um, I'm a big fan of the show. I've been listening to you guys from the beginning. Um, I'm a big fan of... Uh, Borderlands and Battleborn, and uh, it's uh, it's pretty cool that you guys invited me to come and share some of my stuff. My week's been going pretty good. It's been mostly work. I've uh, been playing Battleborn in the evenings. Um, I'm generally way behind on a backlog of games, so just this week I finally beat a Battlefield 1 campaign. Nice. Yeah, I saw you in that, and I was shocked. I didn't even know what <laughs> yeah. to think. I was like, Sean's in a different game? Does it say Battleborn, my lord? <laughs> Am I in some kind of paradoxical universe? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I tend to be one of those guys who gets stuck on a game for about five years and forgets that there's any other games out there. You know, <laughs> I get comfortable with the game, and uh, and uh, Battleborn's definitely become that game for me. Borderlands uh, 2 in the pre-sequel was for a long time, but uh, playing that a little less lately, but still, still going on every now and then. Do you know what? This week was fantastic. I went to work, and I went to work, and I went to work some uh-huh. more. So good, so good. I did beat Horizon, which I don't know if I mentioned last week. Well, you beat Horizon the same night that I beat Persona, so I don't think you said it on the show. That's right. So there you go. I went ahead and I beat Horizon, platinumed it. So I was pretty pumped about that. You know, I feel like I'm a I'm a knowledgeable young man when it comes to the Horizon world these days. <laughs> and uh, beyond that, just hanging out with some friends at their new digs and looking forward to the weekend. You actually sound like you're free of sickness and disease for once. Yeah, well, for the next few days. I mean, you know, my one of my daughters upstairs is, looks like she might be getting sick again. So, yeah, it'll happen. I'll be sick in a week or two. I was going to say, by the time you come in to work tomorrow morning or this morning or however you want to think about it, you'll be all stuffed up and haggard and disgusting. 
Oh, yeah. For sure. It has to be that way. Uh, I need my super serum back, man. I keep saying it. I got to get back in the military somehow mm-hmm. and have them pump me up with all them drugs. And it's too late. You can't You can't leave the house for more than like eight hours at a stretch. So. No, more than about, no, not even eight hours. More like two to three hours at a stretch. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, those days are gone. Sicknesses. The only way to cure that is, I have no idea. Someone could tell me I'd be very appreciative. <laughs> so this week was a very productive week with Gearbox. They did have shift codes for Golden Keys and Borderlands too, so anybody who wants to grab up those shift codes, check out the Twitter, check out the forums, check out all your shift code headquarters, and go check those out. Go grab them up. They had the shift codes. I didn't see any new announcements for any of their other games. Uh, Homeworld, I think that's still on sale, if you guys caught last week's episode. I think for the next couple days, yeah. Yeah, it's still on sale. If you guys want to head over to, was it Humble Bundle, correct? Yeah. Yeah, Humble Bundle had it on sale big time, and a couple other Gearbox games and titles, etc., etc. But uh, there was no battle plan. As we said, they went on hiatus for an undisclosed amount of time. So with that, we're left with nothing but conjecture land. So it's a sad, sad day for us, because it looks like E3 is going to be the next big jam, Mm -hmm. in theory. Hopefully, anyway. I mean, like you said, they do have a speaking panel, so they will say something there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, you know, before we get into that deep dive, you know, I was going to ask, Sean. Yeah. What do you expect to hear from E3, Gearbox News related anyway, and what do you hope to hear from them come this E3? We'll start with what do you hope, because that's more fun. Uh, hope, I would... Uh, I would love to hear something in regards to just more Battleborn content. It doesn't necessarily need to be a season two, but I'd love to at least hear about uh, this other online game mode. You know that they've been promising for so long. Is that still a thing? Is that going to happen? That would be that would be what I'd love to hear. I think it's unrealistic to think it's anything Borderlands related yet. Mm-hmm. Unless it's just some sort of a teaser saying, yes, this is something that's happening. This is something we're working on. You know, I guess they could do something like that. But. Gotcha. Now, you know, you bring the uh, the Battleborn thing up, you know, and I, I've been wondering about that lately, too. Because, you know, if you've noticed on the Twitter and everything else, Randy Varnell and them have gone pretty much silent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, so it's been very my question this whole time, and I, don't, I haven't talked too much about it on the show just because I don't want to come off negative or... Or anything like that, but is I wonder if it's because they're hard at work with just like you said that uh, other mode they had been talking about the seat made possible season two and or you know just the patch itself, mm-hmm. or if he's been pulled entirely away to work you know double time on either you know Borderlands three which we know they're working on right or an unannounced title or you know even to go assist Gearbox in Quebec with whatever it is they're working on I doubt that's the case, but I'm just curious because you know. For a while, he was there every week, Twittering up. He was on the forums. He was there. You knew Randy Varnell was doing stuff. Mm-hmm. And then it was just, phew, ghost, gone. I think the only counter to that, though, is, I mean, he's the creative director for Battleborn. So if you're doing anything with Battleborn anymore, you can't just take him away. No, I, he would be there. You can in theory, but, I mean, he's the guy with all the knowledge, all the lore, all the... You know the the this and that behind it. You can't just be like, all right, well, I'm just gonna have him go do this over here. Somebody just take his place. And- I understand that, but my I guess my only part of that question was, 
are they still going to give us the other mode? Are they still going to give us, you know, the stuff? Or did they just drop it? Well, they got to be giving us something, right? Isn't there a big update coming up here soon? What's going to be in that? Yes, I... they, they have announced that the update's coming. I can't imagine that's just small character tweaks or anything like that. Usually on an update of that size, it has to be something. We don't have any more characters coming. Um, mm. You know, they did the five ops that they were promising us. That's the only thing I could think that it could be. And I mean, like you said... They did promise this other mode. They have mentioned it in passing, and the the logo for it is still in the game there. It's in the command, yeah. It's got to be coming with the big update or, you know, very shortly thereafter, I would assume. Well, then the only thing that could be then, I guess, would be the optimistic end of it, is that he's hard at work on a real, a real chunk of meat for Battleborn. Mm-hmm. And when you say there's no more characters... I disagree, because Rendane's going to be playable. <laughs> Mark my words. Because if you look at him, well, you know, obviously in the uh, campaign, and all the way up to the end, you know, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, in the uh, Heart of Echinar, he has, he's just like any of the other characters. He has the same, like, character model as the rest of them do. He has his own weapons, his own abilities. He's unique, you know, and he's not just unique, but he's unique in the sense that you could literally throw him on the team and play with him just like you would any other character. He has supers and regular abilities, etc., etc. Mm. I just don't think they're going to let that go without having him a playable member of the team. That's my conjecture land happy time thoughts, since since we're just going to go and bring it up. <laughs> well, I'd be all for it. I'd love to see him as a playable character. I'll see. Definitely agree with that. One thing I did want to mention, because we, we sort of glossed over a possible, you know, it could be a season two, could there be... A, not a season two. They've had a, a full, I would say, fairly successful season one, and it's a different game entirely, but For Honor just came out, I believe, in January this year, and they've already announced that they're doing a season two when it hasn't really been long enough for a full season one of that game yet. I don't know. It was just something that caught my eye when I was browsing around on Twitter and YouTube the other day. I was like, wow. How does that already get a season two, and where's my where's my Battleborn season two? That's that's the happy time thoughts right there, man. Even if it's like a small season two. Hey, season two has, like we said, two more characters and like a handful of ops missions. Two more ops missions, two more characters. Season 1.5, you could call it. I would mm-hmm. love some more ops missions. I think that'd be great. It's been almost my favorite part of the whole game, or the ops. And that's what I was asking you, Sean. I said, what's your hopes for this E3? I was going to ask you what you expect. Afterwards, you were supposed to be like, "Ah oh, man, Borderlands 3 announcements, we're going to get a whole big old trailer, we're going to get new ops <laughs> missions and Battleborn. You were supposed to go nuts. <laughs> and you were like, no, I'm going to give you a realistic vision of what's going on. To be honest, that was my hopeful. My fear is that we don't even get that, but you know. Uh... Oh my gosh. Well, they have, as I, as I said last week, though, they do have a panel in which they are announcing and speaking. And I cannot imagine they would buy in to an E3 if they didn't have anything, you know, to actually say in or announce. It's not like PAX East or West where they can, you know, just have a, a little show and have some fun and walk away. This is big money for a time at uh, E3. I mean, I'm sure it's big money at other places too, but... Right. Well, it seems to, like on Twitter, even, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like uh, with their little tweets they've been putting out about, sorry, no battle plan this week, but big plans coming soon or big announcement, you know, they have been almost teasing it, something coming. So uh, maybe maybe I'm injecting the word big there, but they they have been teasing it, something coming there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think it will be three, but uh, I just I just wonder in the for the Battleborn part of it anyway. You know, I just wonder what they can do to get interest beyond you know their active player base that's already playing it i don't know what else they can do that's going to get everybody on board 
you know, and I know uh, individuals like Solar Scientist on Twitter, they've been really railing, thinking that the free-to-play model might bring in a lot of new players, etc., and a lot of excitement for the game. Mm-hmm. But to be quite frank and honest, I'm not so certain that it's going to help in any way, shape, or form. What do you think? Yeah, I feel like it, you know, in, in theory, free-to-play or, you know, free model or free trial, however you want to think about it, can bring this big influx of players, but it's still the same game that kind of turned people off before, the same game that almost turned us off when we played the technical test in the beta, how it, you know, it's it's not what you generally think of when, you know, people compare it to Overwatch. It's not that. It's more MOBA-based. So I can still see, I can see a lot of people jumping into it at first and then bouncing off of it because if you're not, you know, if you're not of that MOBA mindset, if you're not a MOBA-style gamer, you're still not going to, get into it and stick around. So I, you know, I, I can see both ways. Yes, I can see a lot of people jumping in, but I don't know that a lot of people stick just because it's it's not just a run-and-gun shooter like people kind of expect and really like these days. I don't know. What do you think, Sean? Um, I don't know how you get more people in. Like you guys, I play on PS4, so I couldn't speak to PC or Xbox or anything like that. But Yeah, to be quite honest, I'm not worried about PC. <laughs> Screw that. PC. <laughs> PS4 for life, right? That's right. Yeah, well, um, yeah, I mean, some people like that Switch, I guess. I've heard some people. Yeah, I'll talk to you off-air about that. <laughs> <laughs> I've got choice words for you. I felt like they did have a nice influx in players when when the first ops came out, the Atticus one. Like, that did seem to get people interested. I think it was people talking so favorably about it on, on Twitter that people had, you know... I, I, I think that people that had bought the game originally and had not seen it through, went back and tried it, at least at that point. And now it seems to be tailing off again. Yeah, I guess uh, Season 1.5 would definitely probably bring some interest again. Well, I think it would get all, yeah, the current player base back for sure. Some of us haven't left. Yeah, well, you know what I mean. <laughs> some of us never left, but a lot have. I mean, you, you've seen yeah. it as well, the cues. I play the same people, you know what I'm saying, quite a bit. Yes. So, And while I still enjoy the heck out of it, but, you know, it'd be nice to see a bunch of new or, or different players in there. It's just a testament to the player base currently that we uh, have a whole thing going with that husband-wife combo. <laughs> 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 just because yeah. we seem to play them every time. Uh-huh. That's all right. So, you know, I guess we'll leave it up to Gearbox, as you know we're going to do anyway, because we have no power whatsoever. And I just hope they, in their infinite wisdom over there, have his thought all this out, and they've got some kind of awesome plan that's going to get everybody stoked and pumped back up and definitely bring Battleborn back on the map for a Season 1.5, Season 2, or even if it's just the update with uh, the promised PvP match or PvP round you know all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Something would be nice. So I guess, since you kind of already did it, what do you expect then, Sean? Out of E3. What do you think honestly is going to happen? I wouldn't be surprised if we hear about those new things coming to Battleborn, but I'm I'm afraid they're maybe a little further down the road than, than I'm hoping for. I could be wrong. Maybe they're going to spread it out a little bit, but uh, the lack of battle plan makes me think that maybe we're not so close to that. But of course there's that update coming soon. I don't know, I guess. That's what I'm trying to say. I have no idea. You're just going to be cautiously optimistic, right? There you go. See, he's learning. He, he's a podcast pro already. Look at that. Oh, I love it. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. 
All right. Well, I guess I'll let you off being cautiously optimistic. Jeez, oh, Pete's. I will say, I think you at least, we know the update's coming. I think at E3, you have to at least announce what is coming in that update. I mean, we've got little little hints and, you know, bits and pieces of info. But if you're not going to have a battle plan to not give us any regular updates, you have to just give it all at once and just be like, all right, here's... Even if it's just, hey, we're thinking about tweaking a Rendy this way, we're thinking about tweaking the map this way, you... That's the place. If you're if you're holding off on the battle plan for a place where you can dump info, that's the info dump place. Do you think they're doing anything more with uh, Bulletstorm? Is there is there a possibility they're doing something with that, or is that just all there is to Bulletstorm right now? I would have to, for myself, I would have to agree with a lot of different outlets, and what they've been saying was that Bulletstorm's kind of a test. Yeah. Um, they went ahead and brought that back to see if there was interest, and then if there's enough people bought it and participated and enjoyed it, that uh, they might have them do a sequel, a, a full-fledged actual sequel to that game. Because I won't spoil the ending ending, but I'll just say it leaves off for an opportunity for a sequel. So I think that I don't know how well it's done, to be truthful. I have no idea how successful it's been, what the numbers were for it, any of that. But uh, if it is successful, I think we might see a Bulletstorm 2. And I think it would be something they would publish again. I think they would let uh, People Can Fly go ahead and... Uh, develop it if that were to be something they decide to pursue but i don't think we're going to hear about it re- anytime soon yeah i think that's the only thing you're going to see out of Bulletstorm is just the sequel because i don't think i mean you can obviously add stuff onto it because you have it now and you have you know the people who worked on it available to do that but i can't see any any dlcs or anything coming for that other than what's already there the duke nukem one i definitely think for Bulletstorm itself that's what you get you get the ultimate package all the extra modes they threw in, obviously the Duke Nukem campaign, and that's a nice little bow wrapped on it. And then people enjoy, maybe we'll get more in the form of a sequel. And if not, I think then they'll move on and, you know, take the money they did get from it, which hopefully was, you know, profitable because that was a fun game. We've talked about it in previous episodes. Mm-hmm. If you want to check those out, definitely do. In fact, I look forward to playing a little bit of Anarchy Mode tomorrow, so I'm getting my money's worth. I think I just saw that it took a little drop in price too on Amazon just recently. At least I last time I'd looked, it was still up in the fifty some dollar range, but now I noticed today I thought I saw it at forty. So that's a pretty good deal. Yeah, I was gonna say I <clears throat> I think the campaign the first time through. Oh, I actually don't know my hours, so I hate to say, but I know it was at least what nine, ten, maybe. I was gonna say in in the eight to ten range, I would say. Yeah, right in there. So that was just campaign, and then we've played a couple nights already of Anarchy, done some Echoes. I went ahead and started up a hard mode, and I've gotten almost to the end of that. I was going to wrap that up yesterday, but got sidetracked. So one of these nights in the next couple days, I want to beat that again. So pretty good game. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I hope I hope it does do well, because I would like to see a sequel, because the, the way you go about combat and the combos, etc., has a ton of fun. And as we stated, you add jump into the game, and I'm sold. Yeah, you just smooth out the mechanics a little bit, and that could be a, just a phenomenal experience. But we won't hear about it at E3. Not at all. I don't think we'll hear a peep or word about that one. No. And before we move on, though, and I will say for the Borderlands, we've harped on it a million times, and I'm going to be optimistic, and I feel like we're close. I feel like it's almost time to get a teaser of some kind. I know I shouldn't get my hopes up. Gearbox, they've 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 hit me in the head before and told me to calm the hell down. But I can't help myself. I can't help myself. <laughs> oh, dig it. 
<laughs> like a little like a little 15 second teaser trailer something like that yes oh yeah i mean we've seen that they've got the technology to build the little you know little test area the little test characters all the lighting stuff you could do like a little hey man here's just our our current workup of one planet do like a little fly through with some voiceover i still think if you're doing anything with battleborn or any other properties in between now and Borderlands, you can't do too much with it. So I would I would like a little 15-second teaser trailer, just like at the end of all their stuff, but nothing, like, big. Anything bigger than that, I think, is a bad idea. Have Tiny Tina do the voiceover for you. Yeah, that's actually exactly what I had in mind, was yeah. Tiny Tina coming in and doing something goofy, and then instantly, you know, because she's just a very recognizable voice right. and character, so instantly everybody would know exactly what's going on, and you just come in, you come out, everyone starts peeing their pants, getting excited. <laughs> and then that's that's all you got to do. Just so people know it's real, it's working. Now you're hyped up. And then guess what? Come their big one where they love to announce most of their stuff, PAX West, that's when they give you the big one. But of course, that leaves off what is Gearbox Quebec up to and what's their title that they're working on. Mm-hmm. And I thought they have already announced that, and obviously they haven't, so... Now I'm completely in the dark as to what to expect out of that. I still think it's Brothers in Arms, but I just don't have a clue when it's coming because, as Matt said, and I don't know if you agree, Sean, is without an announcement of Borderlands, I don't think people are going to be very receptive to any other games right now from Gearbox. I mean, everyone's just biting at the chomps, biting at the bit just to get any news on Borderlands. You've seen it in the Twitch chats. You've seen it on Twitter and Facebook. Anytime they post... Uh, where's Borderlands 3? Where's Borderlands 3? Bar, bar, bar. Yeah, that's all they want to hear about. I think uh, the fan base that's left uh, Battleborn behind would rather see that in the rearview mirror, unfortunately. And they're just looking forward to the future. Do you think there's any chance we see another season of Tales from the Borderlands? Uh, no, not right now. No. Because, and I know this, be- and I can't remember where from anymore, but... Um, mm. Telltale's had a little interview segment, and they asked that particular question. Where are we going to see another Tales from the Borderlands? And they said, at this time, that's a big fat negative because Gearbox is taking that story from that time and moving forward with it. So no. we won't see anything Telltale's until at least Borderlands 3 has come. Cool. So, yeah, Boo. I'm not sorry to burst that bubble, Boo. but I'm pretty sure from now until at least we see Borderlands 3 out, I don't think we're going to see any Telltale's, which, oh, my God. God, that'd be so awesome. Mm-hmm. Someday, someday. I won't count it out forever, but it's going to be a while, I think. The return of Loaderbot. Now, one thing while we were talking about how people aren't receptive to anything but Borderlands 3 right away, I think the only way you can counter that is if you have something very big. Like, here's the reveal trailer for Brothers in Arms, and it's playable on the show floor, and it's like two months out. If you do an announcement like that, yeah, I, I can see people going, okay, now we're sold. But if you're just like, hey, here's the announcement. Gearbox Quebec is working on Brothers in Arms, or you know, whatever it is. And then there's not actual meat on the bone of that news. I can see people just turning on that. But if you're just like, hey, here it is, boom, you can touch it, you can play it, it'll be out. That's the only way I think you can do it. Plus, it does make some sense. Because first off, that's a whole de- demographic that plays Brothers in Arms. So, I mean, obviously there's crossover, but you wouldn't get all the individuals that are super stoked for Borderlands 3. Whereas with Battleborn, I think a lot of people were just hoping it was similar enough to mm-hmm. Borderlands to feed their thirst. And unfortunately, it's a completely different game. It has a lot of the same voice actors and humor, but it's not the same game whatsoever. And also, it would be Gearbox Quebec. And so everybody knows that Gearbox Quebec is their own whole team working on their own stuff. 
And so they wouldn't get upset when they're, it's like, hey, we got this big game going on. Because they know that those individuals have nothing to do <laughs> with original Gearbox at all. Even though original Gearbox has its own specific teams anyway. I know, but, but nobody know, understands but you that. Know, yeah, you know, no one uh, understands yeah. that. And uh, you know, if you're Gearbox, you're supposed to be working on Borderlands. And it doesn't matter <laughs> that there's two whole different teams, three different teams for uh, different games. Yeah, None yeah. of that matters. But yeah. A whole different place in a different part of the world, you know. I, I I'd hope people can re- grasp that, and you know, and be like, ah, oh, you should be working on Borderlands Three. <laughs> we'll see. But that's still a ways away, and of course, we'll be talking more about that as it gets closer and closer and closer. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, they start revealing like at least little tidbits and like snippets of clues or anything, anything to eat up and just start guessing over. Mm-hmm. So with that. And kicked right to the bucket and side of the road. Any last things from Gearbox at all that either of you know or have heard before we move on to this deep dive of the man, Cleese? No, nothing I can think of. No, can't think of anything either. No, no, neither can I. I haven't seen much. Uh, not, not that I actually want to bring up right now anyway because it's not enough information where I would be confident with its, its authenticity. So, let's go ahead and do what we came here to do and talk a little bit about the character Cleese. Starting off with Cleese, he is an LLC supporter listed as Territorial, a Shielder, and a Complex. I think those all pretty much go without saying he puts shield pillars down in a territory and takes it over. And Complex, of course, because all his Helix options interact with all his different skills in different ways. We'll get into that a little bit more later. little bit of lore here just says, Following his dismissal as Director of Minion Robotics, the cantankerous Cleese now serves as Nova's Chief Science Officer and Mad Scientist-in-Residence. He abhors away missions, but relishes opportunities to test his tech, such as his Battle Throne. He's listed as a Battlefield Tactician. Cleese controls the battlefield through a variety of electrical-based shield attacks, stripping away his enemy's shields and buffing his teammate's shields. Again, we'll get into that a little bit more later. And then speaking of his battle throne, his tactical battle chair. Cleese rolls into battle in the most deluxe of all battle furniture. It increases Cleese's maximum shield capacity per level and can be used to extend jumps. The only thing to really talk about there is shields and then his little weird floaty double jump hover thing. What do you think about that, Sean? Um, The double jump, it can be tricky, I know, from time to time when you're using it. Uh, definitely in some of the ops missions where you're on cliff edges and stuff like that, I have found sometimes that double jump can mess with me and I will go flying over the edge unexpectedly. Um, Mm. so sometimes there's a plus and a minus to that whole double jump thing, but, uh, you know, the, the battle throne is clumsy to get through small areas, but it does move fairly well. Uh, it, it It's faster than you'd expect it to go, and uh, I'm a big fan of Cleese. I think, in general, he's he's well underused. Oh, man. I hate the double jump. Not a fan <laughs> at all. I can't tell you how many times I find myself jumping up in the air and then just, you know, hitting it, and I'm just fluttering around like a fool while I'm getting shot at, etc., mm-hmm. etc., and, and there's about nothing i can do except take it and hope that i'm gonna land and be okay and yeah i don't like that i don't like the loss of control that comes with that i prefer to be a small you know and and i know it means i can't move much but i like characters with small jumps so it's just quick you know i'm hopping over something real quick and getting to the place i want to be just in case because you know you panic and you accidentally jump and with him you panic and double jump and well 
He just signed a death warrant, so not too big of a fan of the double jump. As far as double jumps, I much prefer like Toby's or Caldarius's where you do maintain some semblance of control over it. I feel like when you double jump as Cleese, once you hit that that second jump or the, you know his like his it's basically his Princess Peach float button more or less. Mm-hmm. It just kind of sends you off in the direction where you were going when you hit it, and I feel like you can't really get out of it. You can like slow it down, but you can't shift it to the side or you know front or back all that much so like you said when you panic and do it it really kind of screws you up but on maps like monuments you can cross that little gap nice and easy just double jump and float right over to the other side so useful in certain scenarios but in panic mode situation just totally screws me over too and lastly i'll say i love that animation oh the little kicking feet yeah yeah that is pretty good Now, moving on to his attacks, we got Wrist Cannon and Shock Laser. Cleese fires energy blasts from his Wrist Cannon. He also fires a powerful Shock Taser from his chair, dealing bonus damage to shields. What do you think about his attacks, Sean? I love his attacks, both the Wrist Cannon and the Shock Taser. The Shock Taser is my bread and butter with him. I use it as his primary attack for almost everything. The Wrist Cannon isn't as damaging as that Shock Taser can be. But it's nice that it's accurate at a very long distance. Uh, I find in incursion maps, it's really easy to hit criticals on their uh, on their sentries using it, or to take out their uh, turrets. Um, mm-hmm. This is I, I'm a big fan of both weapons for Cleese. I'm in the same boat. The taser's bread and butter, as we all know, and the wrist cannon's just great if you know the match is just getting going and you're just laying down long range fire to see if you can hold them off a little bit while you're setting up your rifts, etc., etc. It just comes in handy. Also, if you got a, like a marquee who's just being a pain in the butt, you can poke them a little bit with the wrist cannon, try to get them off of you, relocate, whatever you need to do. And then, of course, if anybody gets in, oh, they're dead people with them shock taser. Love it. Yep, hundred percent agree. Love the way that shock taser basically acts like, you know, Ombre's staff. You kind of can leash him, and then you don't have to be pointing directly at him to keep doing the damage on him. You can you can hop and float around like an idiot and still be doing solid damage. And then I love the wrist cannon as well just because there's no recoil, there's no reload. You can just sit there and hammer on the button and just, if if they don't move out of the way or, you know, they don't do enough damage to you to get you to move, you're just doing constant solid damage on whatever you're aiming at. Love it. All right, moving on to his abilities. First up, we got Energy Rift. Cleese opens an Energy Rift that restores friendly shields by 83 and deals 83 damage to enemies every three seconds. A maximum of three Rifts each have 450 health. Cooldown on that is 12 seconds. Any thoughts on Energy Rifts, Sean? What you got? Energy Rifts are definitely something I use with him. Um, You mentioned in his intro that he's territorial, and this is uh, the main way he is territorial. He can uh, put down a great little area of protection, especially uh, in Incursion. I find him super handy for doing that. You slowly move the front line up a bit at a time, keep protecting those front attackers, and uh, it's very, it's a very handy thing to have. Obviously, once again, this is your main thing with Cleese is to put up those rifts. And then the only thing I'd like to do with those, and I'm sure a lot of others do it as well, is you don't want them getting shot down as you're putting them up, so it's... Not only do you want to move with the front line, like you were just saying, Sean, but I find it very handy to make sure you're putting them into a clever position. You know, yep. high, if you got a rock or something there, make sure you're getting behind that rock so that way the enemy can't just pop them off as you're putting them up. Uh, around the corner, make sure you're doing it right around the corner, etc., etc. You guys get the idea. 
just being smart where you're putting your home base at, so that way instead of worrying about your rifts the entire time, you're worrying about taking out the enemy. Yep, I definitely agree with hiding up behind rocks and in you know peaky poo corners. One thing I've been playing Cleese a little bit more lately on meltdowns, and what I love to do is get the shock or the you know the machine gun turret up, and then lay a bunch of energy rifts in there. So if anybody like a Galilea is trying to go in there to kill the turret, now she's got to deal with her shields and health getting sapped by all your rifts. Or if you're getting chased by a wrath, you could run back to your t- friendly turret and your rifts that you got in there. Just hide there, tasing him. He's getting hit by rifts, taser, turret, and then pretty much nobody can stand up to that. It's just a nice little... Nice little combo package you can throw in there. Next up, we got his energy mortars. Cleese shoots a barrage of six mortars at an area. Mortars damage enemies for 22 damage and deal bonus damage to shields. Cooldown on that is 10 seconds. What you got on mortars, Sean? I use these less than the energy riff. Um, They still come in handy. I like the fact that they show you on screen the little circle area of effect on the ground. You can get a good read on on where to place them so i feel like if you really pay attention to that you can be pretty accurate with them i know some people and we'll get into that i'm sure in the helix but we'll use them as a way to heal teammates too and uh that that also comes in handy for that but in general it's not his most powerful uh skill by far but uh it 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 comes in handy from time to time i actually enjoy energy mortars but i use them to clear minions not so much actually killing other Battleborn. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we'll talk about in the Helix, there's a reason why I like the Energy Mortars and what it does, but it's definitely, in my opinion, made more for taking out minion waves than it is for getting rid of other Battleborn players. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of the Mortars. Like Sean said, they kind of have their place. I use them every now and then. We'll get more into it in the Helix. But I do like the little circle on the ground and the nice flight path that it shows you when you are getting ready to shoot them off. Because I find that I use them, you know, to hit enemies while they're still in flight versus blanketing an area on the ground. Because usually I'm pretty much right up in the front line, so I'm trying to shoot them over a hill or just hit people straight in the face with them versus raining them down on the ground. Well, and I also like, too, how you can adjust the trajectory while it's happening. Yeah. So yeah. if, like, an enemy's moving, you can move with them, and you'll still get a couple of the mortars actually hitting them. Mm-hmm. So it's not a complete bust. If you launch and then they move and they oh lost everything, no, you just adjust and you know not all of them are going to hit them, but you'll at least get some hits in. Moving on to his ultimate, we got black hole. Cleese summons a black hole that pulls in enemies toward it, dealing 334 damage. Cooldown on that is 55 seconds. I like black hole. I wish the cooldown was better on it. To be honest with you, I don't feel it's as powerful as a lot of other players' ultimate skills. But of course, some of them don't have the most powerful either. But it seems like with some of the other characters, when their ultimate skill isn't as powerful, I'm thinking of like Galilea, hers can be used as also an escape, where the black hole, I guess, can be used as an escape. You can distract people with it. You know, it is big and in the way when he puts it up there. And so maybe he can use it as that. But it seems like the cooldown's a little excessive on it. I tend to use some cooldown gear with Cleese because of that, actually. I like to use it more as a uh, tandem with the energy mortars. So if I see a lot of minions, maybe even the Battleborn players, all clustered in a general area, just use the black hole right in the middle of it all, and hopefully they don't notice. So then the minions get clumped up, and the Battleborn players get clumped up, and as they're being clumped up, as it's going on, shoot an energy mortar right into them. And you get tons of damage on Battleborn players, you get tons of damage, you usually just kill the minion waves outright. So I, I don't generally use it as as an ability in and of itself. It's just something to use alongside Energy Mortar to put out more damage. Because I would agree, I think that ability is kind of underwhelming 
all things said and done, it it's just not that useful uh, besides assisting me with energy mortar, really. <laughs> yeah, I agree with both the it's better as a combo ability and that it's kind of underwhelming because I, fi- I feel like anytime I put it out, it's so big. Like there's a thing on the ground and then the thing in the air. So I feel like everyone always notices it and everyone runs away from it. So mm-hmm. I, I feel like I have to get really lucky to do something really good with it, to displace a bunch of enemies or, I mean, sometimes even snap up a minion wave unless they're actively engaged with somebody. I mean, they even they just run through it because it takes a while to pop too. So I, I feel like it's it's not that great. It's useful in certain scenarios. And when I do manage to like pull everybody off of like a sentry or a weakened teammate, I feel like a badass. But it's kind of a toss-up. I agree. I would like to see a shorter cooldown on it just because it's so, I wouldn't say hard to use, but it's difficult to use very effectively. You really got to lead the enemies with it. It's I'm blanking on what Amber's yeah. ultimate is called right now. Uh, not Solar Winds, but similar to Amber's ultimate, where you really got to mm-hmm. put it down in front of it. Yeah, the giant red diamond, and and then yeah, that's the other unfortunate part is yeah, everybody sees that red diamond, so mm-hmm. it, it is handier mm-hmm. against uh, the minions because they're not smart enough to get the heck away from the. But again, you have to lead them pretty well with it. All right, rolling on into the helix. The left side of a skill tree is called Brilliant Tactician. A little bit more utility slash tanky stuff on that side. To the right, we got Crazy Old Man. A little bit more straight offense on that side. So for level one, to the left, we got Shocking Twist. Mortars will heal friendly target shields plus 22 shield heal. To the right, we got Shocking Pulse. Energy Rift will shock nearby enemies, dealing bonus shield damage plus 50% bonus damage to shields. Which way you go on this one, Sean? Always shocking pulse. I I I do that no matter what. I I've tried shocking twist a few times, but I've never found it to be as beneficial as the what I get out of shocking pulse. Um, I've seen other people using shocking twist, like I mentioned earlier, as as healing, and it's come in handy with having a cleese on my team. But I like that extra damage that the energy rift will give out uh, if you're protecting your your turrets or or even yourself. Uh, it's just too too good to pass up. I would have to agree. Shock and Pulse is the way to go. Uh, I don't use Cleese. He's not. He's a, he can be sort of a healer, but if you want to be a healer, there's better characters to go be a full on healer with. So for me, Shock and Pulse is definitely where you want to be because obviously, since he's territorial, you want to get those rifts up, and then you want to go ahead and stay in those rifts, and then anybody who comes in is taking the extra damage, getting jacked up. You're tasing them. They die. You're a winner. You're a hero. We keep moving on. Yeah, I 100% agree with both of what you guys have been saying. I always go Shocking Pulse. If I'm using Mortars, it's to try and catch the last bit of an enemy as he's running away, try and do a last bit of damage, try and slow him down, like what we're going to talk about in the very next Helix. I don't worry about healing my teammates as Cleese. I usually play pretty offensively as Cleese, so anything that can do more damage to shields, just, you know, anything that'll help me do more damage, I love, so shocking pulse for me all the way. Moving on to level two, to the left we've got shiftless shells. Energy mortars will slow enemies they hit, plus three seconds slow duration. To the right we've got overloaded mortars. Firing enemy mortars will deplete Cleese's shield and add it to their damage, plus 100% current shield is damage. Which way are you going here, Sean? Well, now I think I'm going the opposite of you, the way you said that on the last one, but I'm definitely going shiftless shells. Um... I'm not a fan of negative stats. I do not like negative stats on anything. And the fact that 
uh, overloaded mortars drains my shield is not something I'm cool with. And it does give that mortar just a little something, a little more kick in the butt. You know, we were saying how it's not the most powerful, but, you know, to slow people down definitely comes in handy. If you can slow them down long enough for you to get in there with that shock taser, well, game over. I definitely go shiftless shells. Uh, See, here's where I digress. I go overloaded mortars. And the reason why is because there's going to be a couple other abilities down the line we'll talk about which add to this whole plan of action which I take. And I'll I'll just explain it because it won't make sense if I wait. So it depletes your shields, but first off, obviously your rifts add to your shields. Secondly, I'm going to choose later, and I'll explain, we'll choose gear that's going to add to maximum shield health, which means bigger damage. And then thirdly, whatever you want to call it, there's an ability later on we're going to discuss, which allows me to regain full shield health on kills. Using mortars, I'm going to get minion kills, which, like I've already talked about, that's what I do with those mortars, is get minion kills. That's all I use them for. So I'm going to get maximum shields, constantly back up. Obviously, the shield from my rift's going to be constantly boost me back up. And then, boom, damage, 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 damage. Yeah, see, I generally go the way Sean does. I always go shiftless shells just because I love slows. And just like he said, I don't want to be any more vulnerable than I have to be. So anything that depletes my health or my shields, I never pick that. Plus, the fact that it puts the slow on every single mortar that you shoot out, and you shoot out six at a time. So you can slow the entire team, or the entire minion wave, or the entire team and the entire minion wave. It just it, it gives you so much you know, so much to play with. Or if you're chasing an enemy, hit them with the shells, you know, the shiftless shells. Now you can creep up on them, kill them with the taser. It's just, it's just too much fun. I love slowing everybody down. It's great. All right, level three. To the left, we got chair slam. Using Cleese's shock taser in the air will cause Cleese's battle chair to slam into the ground, depleting his chair energy and dealing damage to all enemies around him, plus 160 damage. In the middle, we got our first mutation of the helix, quantum precision. Cleese's wrist cannon now charges to fire a focused laser. And to the right, we got don't tase me, bro. Shock taser now arcs to additional targets, plus one additional target. What you got here, Sean? It's don't tase me, bro. And there's, there's, there's no other choice that makes sense here. This is where now I've just gotten good with Cleese. I just got to the third spot on my helix, and now I'm, I'm seriously to be reckoned with. Uh, this is everything for him. Again, I said my bread and butter is that shock taser, and I will take anything the rest of this helix down that does anything better to his shock taser. Um, this is great. I, I do this every time without a doubt. Uh, see, uh, I switch it up here. I like quantum precision. Boo. Charging Boo. that laser. Oh, I'm sorry. Charging that laser up, and when you hit someone, it destroys them. It destroys them. I mean, you obliterate the enemy Battleborn player. And I don't play, like, right up in the front. So I'm kind of picking my target, hiding in the rifts, and as I said, behind the, the rocks. So if I see, you know, a marquee or somebody standing around being a doofus and not moving too much, they're gone. One one hit with a little bit of extra or a mortar right after, and they're instantly dead. There's no coming back from it. There's no running around, you know. But I will say, don't tase me, bro, is a solid choice. If you choose chair slam, you might as well just not play Cleese. I'll say that. <laughs> And you know what? I'll probably have Joe's O's on me tomorrow telling me I'm stupid. But yes, you will. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think for myself, quantum precision is the way to go just because that's the way I like to play it. But don't tase me, bro. I agree with you. And I'm sure, you know, obviously from the booze, Matt's going to agree that don't tase me, bro, is the way to go. I do enjoy that one because it's kind of like the simple man's. Nah, that's the wrong word. I don't want to say that. But 
it's the easy way just to ensure you're going to get solid damage and not have to think about it too much, which, you know, you guys generally know I'm a fan of not thinking too much. So you'd think I'd go with that one. But for some mm. reason, man, that quantum precision, I was I was definitely digging. Yeah, no, I agree with Sean. You have to go don't tase me, bro, because, I mean, A, you're, you're doing more bonus damage basically for free. If anyone is in range of your shock taser while your initial target is in range, you're doing damage to them too. So it's an easy way to clear minion waves. Or if, just like the last meltdown I played, I had a Galilea that was always trying to kill me. So I, I would sit back in my rifts in my shock turret, like I told you guys, just taser to death. Then she started running in with a Miko backing her up in her pocket. Now with Don't Tase Me Bro, I'm doing damage to both of them. If I can get that Miko to run away, then it's just one-on-one -on -one again. And if I don't have Don't Tase Me Bro, that's not extra damage I'm dealing to that pocket Miko. So Don't Tase Me Bro, 100%. I definitely agree, Chair Slam, I've never used it. I will never use it. because Especially because once you use it, it drains all its chair energy, so you can't do your taser anymore anyway. Like, mm -hmm. taser's bread and butter, man. So you have to hope it kills everybody right then and there. Otherwise, you're just a defensive little fat duckling because, you know, you're a giant chair. Mm-hmm. I, I got to say, as a fan of the pre-sequel, I had to at least try, uh, you know, chair slam because it was reminiscent no, of the yeah, butt yeah. slam. Though. But you're right. It, 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 as fun as it is, it's it's not very practical. I hope that ability comes back in the next Borderlands in some way, shape, or form. And that cryo damage. Yeah. Oh, yes, yeah. definitely. Yeah. But I digress, I digress. <laughs> All right, moving on to level four. To the left, we got Rift Network. Energy rifts will now link to each other when near each other. Their output will be increased times the number of rifts in the network. To the right, we got Unstable Rifts. Using Cleese's energy mortars or wrist cannon attacks on an energy rift will now feed energy into the rift, causing it to become unstable. Unstable rifts explode after a short time, damaging nearby enemies. Plus 133 damage. Which way are you going here? I go with Rift Network. Um, Unstable Rifts is kind of fun. I've used it a few times, and it's similar to, like, um, Toby with his arc mines, where you can blow them up and cause damage to people, too. And it does seem to do a fair amount of damage, but, man, when you start turning those energy rifts into a network, it does make you really protected well. It's You get uh, three of those linked together, and, you know, later, if you take that spot on the helix, you can link four of them together and just put a square of protection around you. Um, I like to use it a lot in face-off. I like to play goalie on face-off and uh, protect the other team from turning in their masks. And if I put that diamond-shaped pattern around the turn-in station, I dare you to come in there and try to turn in your masks. I'm going to stop you. That's not a bad uh, use of it. <laughs> Now, I wouldn't use it that way. Uh, I would definitely go with Rift Network. Once again, I'm trying to hide in my rifts the entire game. I don't ever want to come out of them. And if I move, I try to slowly build my next rift station up before I fully move to it. Basically, I want to make sure I got more rifts in my new station than I do in my old one before I move on. And then move, push forward, push forward, push forward. But I want to stay in that defensible location as much as possible because without those rifts, I think Cleese is weak as a chicken. I mean, geez, old Pete's a few hits on him, he's goner. The unstable rifts, obviously, you're destroying your own rifts, and I don't think they come back quite fast enough to where that sounds like a great idea to me, even though, like you were saying, it does do a decent amount of damage and it might also veer people away from, you know, their objective. I just don't think it's worth it. I'd rather survive and, you know, keep tasing individuals down myself. Maybe you shouldn't be using overloaded mortars then and letting your shields go down. Just saying. Hey. <laughs> hey, hey. 
Oh, yeah, I definitely agree with both of you guys. Going to the right with unstable rifts, I have never once done it because I want all my rifts up all the time. I don't want to do anything that can possibly blow them up, that can get rid of them. I, I want my little station of safety or, you know, protection or offensive damage. I understand, like, if you put them up in an area and you see a bunch of people running past it and you want to blow them all up at once with unstable rifts. I mean, in theory, it sounds great, but with a 12-second cooldown on my rifts, I just... I don't want to be getting rid of them, especially like in a big bunch at all. I don't ever want to do that. Moving on to level five. To the left, we got Don't Call It a Heal Chair. Cleese's tactical battle chair can heal enemy players every second, plus 38 health per second. In the middle, we got Extended Battery Life, which increases Cleese's tactical battle chair energy, plus 10 chair energy. To the right, we got Get Ready for a Surprise. Whenever Cleese dies, his tactical battle chair explodes, dealing 300 damage. Which way are you going on this one? I generally go with the extended battery life. Um, it just extends that taser, that shock taser that is my primary attack. It prevents it from overheating quite so fast, and especially when it's arcing to additional targets. It, I, I generally go that way. I can see... Going, don't call it a heal chair, especially in an incursion match or something like that where you have a lot of players around you and you're pushing that front line. I've used it before. Um, I don't think it's a bad option, but if you have any other support characters, I'd let them do the healing, and uh, I'd move on with extended battery life. Yeah, originally I thought don't call it a heal chair was you know the better way to go just because, like you said, in those incursion maps, it gives your fellow players somewhere else to go to get some heals, especially if there's not a... Uh, a station in, in place or, you know, an actual full-on heal. But I found, as I stated earlier, if you've got a real support character in there, let them do the healing and go ahead and get extended battery life. just allows you to tase a little bit more, a little bit longer, and just generally helps you out as a character more than don't call it a heal would. And I've also seen that when you're playing, and this is with many other characters as well, a lot of others don't actually know the abilities of the other characters all too well sometimes. Mm -hmm. So if you got don't call it a heal chair, typically a lot of people don't end up coming over to you anyway. So it almost ends up being a wasted ability unless, as we always say, you've got a an actual team and you guys know what's going on and, and you say, hey, you know, I, I just got the uh, don't call it a heal chair ability. Make sure you're coming over to me when you need, obviously, your shields and not only that, but now your health. So unfortunately, I just feel like that would be the way to go if people you're with know what they're doing, but since most times it's not the case, extended battery life helps you, and uh, that's the way I would do it. And obviously I don't care about when I die. I don't want to die. I don't intend to die, so I'm not going <laughs> to use get ready for a surprise. Uh, yeah, I agree. Extended battery life is just the way to go because you can just tase for days with that. I've I've gone with don't kill a little heel chair, especially before I got extended battery life, and it just doesn't do enough and people don't notice it and people don't follow you around anyway even when you're super proactive with it and you're like chasing people around who have low health who need health which is a waste of your time which wastes your time and they're just running away from you anyway so it it just doesn't do anything for me i agree get ready for a surprise i mean if you want to die a lot and just run in like a suicide bomber then sure but why would you ever do that i, f I find that Abilities like this, like the, uh, what is it, Last Resort or whatever in Call of Duty where you drop a grenade and there's a character in League of Legends, Kog'Maw, who explodes when he dies. It never does enough. People just run away from you when you're dying anyway because mm -hmm. the first time they see it, they go, oh, yeah, anytime he dies, I'm just going to run. So I, I don't like it. Extend a battery life. You just got to go that way. Yeah. Toby has a choice on his helix like that too where his mech chair or whatever it is blows up afterwards and 
Yeah, I, I agree with Eric. It's The idea is to not die in the first place. Why do you want to go for more damage on account of you dying? Next up, level 6. To the left, we got bulk savings. Cleese can have additional energy rifts alive in the world at the same time, plus one rift. In the middle, you got rift farm. Decreases energy rifts cooldown, minus 33% cooldown time. To the right, you got expanded mortar capacity. Cleese can now fire additional energy mortars, plus four mortars. What you got on this one? By the time I get to level six on the helix, this one I'm generally playing it by ear. I, I prefer to go with bulk savings and add that energy rift. But if the enemies are smart enough to be taking out my energy rifts as quickly as they sometimes can, and they seem to be focusing on them, I'll go with cooldown just so I can get another one out there again quickly. I I never go with the uh, expanded mortar capacity as as I don't use them for anything more than that slowdown tactic in the first place. But uh, the ideal way for me to go would be bulk savings and get that fourth rift out there. I would have to agree wholeheartedly with you. Uh, bulk savings is the general way to go because once you got them four rifts out, if you can get them all out, you're basically unstoppable force. Uh, it's just beyond difficult to kill you anymore which makes you feel good the world feels good your team feels good and i would say that rift farm makes sense if like you said they're being intelligent and taking out your rifts you want to get them up as quick as possible and plus that would also be a decent option if you are one of those individuals who want to use your rifts to explode and then do damage that way set traps basically or whatever you want to call it because then obviously you're putting them out quicker, and like I said, they don't think they come out quite quick enough on their own to where that's a viable option, but with this and maybe some cooldown gear, you know, maybe the tides could turn on that one. I think we're all going to agree that expanded mortar mortar capacity is just, bah, why would you ever pick that one? Yep, I agree with both of you guys. I generally go with Rift Farm because I generally find that people are killing my rifts fairly quickly, but I think bulk savings is cool in that you know, especially if you don't have the mutation, this allows you to kind of progressively step up your uh, your positioning on the map without having to worry about, you know, breaking down your existing position too far. If you're built up with three, you can put one out there and then a second and one and then have two and two and slowly build it back up. But I generally, like I said, I generally go with Rift Farm because at this point in the match, I feel like people are paying attention to my rifts and trying to kill them when they see them. So it just helps me get them out more. Just like you said, expanded mortar capacity. I can hit pretty much everyone I want with my six mortars as, as it is. I don't need four more sitting there bouncing around doing, ooh, ooh 22 extra damage per. Uh, not my cup of tea. Moving on to level 7. To the left, we got Geezer Pleaser. Killing an enemy with energy mortars instantly recharges Cleese's shield. In the middle, we got Bouncing Balls of Death. Cleese's energy mortars will now bounce several times before exploding. And to the right, we got Tampered Mortars. Energy mortars now fire all at the same time, blanketing an area. Which way are you going here? This is probably my least favorite Helix choice, to be honest with you. None of these are, are all that exciting for me. This is one, too, that I changed more recently. I used to go with Bouncing Balls of Death. Then I started realizing that those things, even they go bouncing every which way, they never seem to hit anybody anyway. They're bouncing up a wall. They're going every which direction. It doesn't seem to help me very much. So more recently, I've been going with Geezer Pleaser. I don't generally get a lot of kills with energy mortars, but I can with against minions, and to instantly recharge my shields is, is not a bad thing to have happen from time to time. So more recently, I've been going to Geezer Pleaser. I feel like Tampered Mortars is more of a hindrance than a help anyway. Like you were saying earlier, you can adjust your mortars as you go, bringing it along a group of people and hitting a bunch of them. 
if you have them fire all at once, I, I think that's more difficult anyway. I, I never go that way. So I agree that we're going to go with geezer pleaser. And why, obviously, as I already discussed, as it ties in with what I've been saying. So earlier on, you picked the ability that depletes your shields but gives a ton of extra damage to your mortars. So you take that, and then you get geezer pleaser, which instantly recharges your shield. I told you I only use mortars on minions. Guess what happens when you have that kind of damage with a full shield, especially if you use gear that increases maximum shield strength on minions. They instantly die. So what happens when the minions instantly die, your shield instantly recharges. So therefore, your shield was never down in the first place. This is why I like the mortars, because it turns Cleese into a very, very effective minion killer for your team and then stays very effective with his tasers, as we've already discussed as his bread and butter in the first place. So I feel it just adds an extra option and an extra, I don't know, asset to being Cleese. And the other two, I just don't like either of them. I agree with Sean that I don't really like this Helix level, because Geezer Pleaser to the left, like he said, I don't get a lot of kills with my mortars anyway, so it's just eh. Bouncing Balls of Death, like he said, they go everywhere. I generally go with Bouncing Balls of Death just because if someone is like running down a hallway or they're up in the peeky-poo on, on overgrowth, you can kind of throw it in there, and if you don't hit them you know, directly, maybe you've got a chance of them bouncing around and hitting them you know, as you're chasing them, as they're running. That's generally what I go with. I've done tampered mortars before, but like we said before, I kind of like to drag my mortars across every enemy that I see or across the entire minion wave. And it makes, tampered mortars makes it a lot more difficult. So I generally go bouncing balls of death, but I don't really use any of these abilities regardless. It's just kind of a, kind of a wasted helix for me. You guys, you guys make me so sad. <laughs> I don't know though. You're 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 making a compelling argument though, Eric. I'm starting to think I might have to try to mix up this Cleese and and give it. You, you're making sense with a lot of your choice. I'm gonna give it a let shot. Me pull it, let me pull it. Let me Joe's out. You're definitely wrong, Sean. But that's okay. It's that's the worst Cleese I've ever seen. Allow me to get on the deep dive and show you guys how it really is. Well, one of these days he might be here. That's true. <laughs> All right, moving on to level 8. To the left, we got Brains Before Brawn. Cleese's maximum shield strength is increased, plus 150 maximum shield strength. To the right, we got Brawn Before Brains. Cleese's shock taser deals increased damage, plus 25% damage. Which way are you going here? <laughs> Brawn Before Brains. Nothing left to be said. Eric, how about you? <laughs> I gotta agree. It's Brawn Before Brains. Oh, I'm um, surprised. And, and the reason for this is I told you that ability I'm talking about is only for minions. So I don't think you need to waste, you know, a helix choice like this on just killing the minions and keeping your shield up. You're not going to need it because you're going to pick a couple pieces of gear with shield, uh, maximum shield and strength. This gives you a 25% boost in damage to your shock taser, which is huge. You can't say no to it. I generally agree with you guys, but depending on how badly the match is going, I might go to the left. Just if I'm the only one trying to tank all the damage and sure everyone that. else is just completely terrible i might throw it on there just to hopefully survive a little bit longer but if it's going well like i said i play cleese pretty offensively and i love tasing people so i generally go brawn before brains of course i think of the song tase them in the butthole over and over and we sing it every time on borderlands uh -huh, night because <laughs> just it's never it never gets old it never gets old <laughs> <laughs> oh man Moving on to level 9. 
To the left, we got Healthy Rift, which increases the max health of each energy rift by 450 maximum health. To the right, we got Quick Pulse, which increases the pulse speed of energy rift, minus 33% pulse time. So you got Healthy Rifts, and you got Quick Rifts. Which way are you going here? This is another one I, I tend to play by ear. I, I try to go with Quick Pulse. I, I'd rather have the pulse speed go faster, but again, if they're if I'm playing against a team that's smart and they seem to be targeting my rifts, I will definitely increase their max health. If they seem to be lasting a mere fair amount of time, though, I I definitely I go with the pulse speed. Uh, I'm going to agree, and generally, I actually almost always I'm going to go with quick pulse, just because, as I said, I'm going to take Cleese and I'm going to hide him behind rocks. I'm going to hide him behind corners. I try to never have those rifts out anywhere where anyone in general is going to be able to shoot them or get to them unless they're coming right at me. But then, of course, they're coming to meet their death because Taser's going to take them out. Um, I see the benefits of Healthy Rift, but uh, I just think overall that that uh, that my negative 33% pulse time is huge and really increases the whole persona of you being immortal and a god, especially if you go with the four rifts at the end of the day. Yeah, 100% agree. I always go quick pulse on this one just because, hey, it's throwing more damage out there. It's throwing more shield heals my way. I generally don't go with Healthy Rift just because if I'm level 9, most people are probably around that same level. So they've got really good damage-boosting abilities on their own. So I feel like I think I've taken Healthy Rift a few times, but I feel like someone just will see my rifts and just drop an ult on them, and they're dead regardless. So I feel like they go down too quick at this point in the game, either way you go. So just doing more damage. Plus, at this point, if people are used to your, you know, your setup of rifts damaging them only so much, this kind of cranks it up just a little bit. So they go in there and, oh, I'm dying faster than I was before. I got to get out of here or I'm dead. You know, any one of those things. So I like Quick Pulse on this one. All right, last but not least, level 10. To the left, we got Sharing is Caring. Black Hole gives every friendly team member in range an overshield when it implodes, plus 225 overshield. In the middle, we got Insta Hole. Black Hole's time to pull enemies is greatly reduced, minus 40% pull time. To the right, we got Square Root of Pain. Black Hole causes all friendly energy rifts in range to become an unstable rift and explode for 133 damage. Which way are you going with level 10 here? I'm going sharing is caring. Unless you're one of those people who are doing the rifts offensively, then I can see absolutely why you would go Square Root of Pain. But I tend to not do that, and who doesn't like an overshield in the heat of battle, you know? Especially if you don't have a rain on your team dishing them out left and right. They're, they're super handy to have, and... Uh, yeah, sharing and caring seems like the easy option to me. Uh, I've tried insta-hole a few times, but uh, by the time I get to level 10 in my helix, I generally have the timing figured out a little bit with that uh, ultimate move, and now I have to refigure out the timing with it, how, to, how far to lead people in advance, so I tend to stay away from that one. Gotcha. I'm going to agree. Sharing is caring would be the way to go for myself, just because, as I said earlier, I use black hole in tandem with the energy mortars, and I'm using it mostly on minion waves, not on actual Battleborn players. If Battleborn players, enemy Battleborn players are in the way, hey, and they don't get out of the way, more power to us, more power to the whole shebang. But for the most part, it's for minions. And generally where you find minions, you're going to find friendly players as well, which means, boom, as you said, they get an overshield, and everyone's happy, and the world can keep ticking. See, for me, if you don't have the mutation, I agree, you should go sharing is caring, because square root of pain will just 
you'll use it and accidentally kill all your rifts, which is never a good thing. And sharing is caring does give an overshield, but if I've got the mutation, which I do now, I always go insta-hole for basically the reverse thought of what Sean was saying. At this point in the match, if I'm level 10, there's a lot more team fights going on. If it's an incursion, we're all grouped up around a sentry, or we're just team fighting in the middle of a lane or on a point or, you know, any kind of place like that. So at this point in the match, people see my black hole come out and they know the timing. But now when I pick this, they don't remember. They're like, oh, I got a second in here. Let me get a couple more swipes in and then jump away. It's going to get a couple more swipes. Oops, it sucked me out of position. Now I'm off the tank. Now I'm off the healer. Now I'm getting damaged. You know, I, I just like to kind of mix it up here. I, I feel like people get used to the timing of your black hole and this screws them up. So I like it for that reason. I'd have to agree with you on that because not so much for Cleese because to be honest, I don't really see a lot of Cleases. First off, as Sean has said, he's an underused uh, character. And secondly, I, even when there's a Cleese, I don't see a black hole that often. Mm-hmm. So, But for Ombra, I can speak to, I see her with her ultimate all the time. And I always do get into that thing where, oh, she put it out, that's okay, I can attack, uh, one more, two, okay, now I gotta go. That would throw me off, you know, obviously with a hugely reduced, uh, you know, engagement time and then Oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. Oh, I'm not fine. I just took a huge amount of damage. That sucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So moving on, we got uh, gear. What kind of gear pieces do you guys use with Cleus? I have this uh, attack damage, attack speed gear. It's a purple gear that I use on just about every one of my characters, to be honest with you. I, I like that for everything. And with Cleese, I do use uh, his his legendary gear, if you have that, uh, the, which is a... Uh, Shield recharge per second and a skill damage. Uh, it also has charging ally shields heals Cleese for 10% of shields restored, nice. which would work really well if you're going with Eric's theory about the shields and uh, mm-hmm. using that to boost your power to your mortars. And then it seems like the other one I use is generally a max health. Gotcha. Yeah, it's sort of similar. I go with the, obviously, uh, maximum shield strength, cooldown time, and then uh, I'll pick up some attack damage and maybe some uh, maximum health. That's usually where I go with it. So anything that does that, and if I'm obviously depending on what mode I'm playing, if I'm in incursion, I'm gonna go with perps and, and then uh, two perps and a legendary. And uh, I definitely, I usually skip on the shard generators with him. So it's mm. gonna be mainly three pieces of actual gear for him. Even though it makes sense to go with the shard generator for him, since typically you're not gonna be the one running around getting the shards. You're gonna be depending on other teammates to get you the points to, you know, level up for the most part. As for me, if I'm in an incursion, I usually bring my tanky build, which has, you know, health and shield regen, max health, and then I think damage reduction, just because I'm in there, I'm going to be taking a lot more damage than I generally do, and those are all three expensive pieces. I think two legendaries and one purple, so I really like that for incursion. For anything else, I usually bring my freebie build, which is shard generator, cooldown time, and I think my freebie is... My other freebie is just uh, movement speed. I was going to say movement speed is a must in capture. But the, but the negative stats on that are all recoil and reload speed, which Cleese doesn't have. So I, I, like, I like getting that. Plus, you know, with my shard generator, then as soon as I get up to a, a turret, I can build it up. And then I'm putting my rifts right on the turret and I'm building up my position, just like I said before. So either one of those two builds for me is where I go. Now, how about playstyle? Where are you guys usually at in the map, in the fight, front lines, back lines, mid lines? What you thinking here? I'm definitely more aggressive with Cleese. I tend to be up front with him. Um, some support characters I do play defensively. 
But uh, Cleese, similarly to Amber, I know we've been comparing the two of them a lot. Both of them I use as much more offensively than I do uh, support characters. So I'm generally up front, pretty close to mid, mid to front. Uh, try to be supportive of maybe a quicker moving attacker, uh, like a Wrath or a Rendy if they're up front. I like to be back behind them, keeping them, keeping them alive, keeping them healthy. But generally, I push that front line as much as I can. I would agree. Uh, I try to be mid to front, but uh, most importantly, it's wherever I can find a good place for the rifts. So if our team's not pushing into a perfect, you know, spot where there's a nice little area for me to cubby hole at, I might hang back. But if we get a, a nice rock or a nice corner then I'll push right up front because obviously with that taser, you want to be right up in there getting people down and then obviously allowing uh, your front guys, like you were saying, Wrath, etc., to be able to back up a bit and get their shields recharged and keep in the fray. So I would agree. Front if possible, but mid if um, the, the location isn't optimal. Yeah, pretty much agree with both of what you guys said. I'm generally, like I said, pretty aggressive with Cleese, so I like to be right up front. But if people need a place to come back to, I'll be dropping my rifts. Kind of, you know, I'll stay around the mid range, put my rifts right behind that front line, especially around the corner or behind a rock, so they can just duck back there, and then I can roll up, take the heat off of them by being this giant fat chair that everyone's going to shoot at as soon as they see it. And then once once they're back up, they can run back around the rock and continue all the fun. So mid. Mid to front, but I generally try to stay aggressive. And also, it kind of changes gameplay. It would change a little bit for me in Capture and Meltdown. Because in Capture, like you were saying, generally I don't go with Cleese for that. I would go with another character that you know I, I prefer, especially, you know as we know, Phoebe. You know. But anyway, if I was playing with Cleese, I would definitely want to find a one, one point, Bravo, Alpha, Charlie, whichever you prefer. One that has a turret, which they all do, so it doesn't matter. And get on that turret, and like you were saying, Matt... You know, you build up your rifts, you build up that turret, and now you are, a, like, you're supposed to be a territorial battleborn. You are there, and they are not taking this point uh, without all sorts of frickin' firepower. And then, of course, even if they come with that firepower, your other team members are now able to go get the other points because there's nobody there, etc., etc. Now, how about last but not least, how about character matchups? People you feel like you're good against with Cleese or you're scared of with Cleese? Any any names come to mind on this one? I do not like going up against um, Boldur with him. He does a lot of damage to shields, and all those Eldred characters don't have shields, and they have this massive amount of max health. And since I use the taser as his main attack, it, it takes a long time to drain down uh, those Eldred characters who have a lot of health. Uh, as far as players I like to go up against, anybody who doesn't move very fast is good. Uh, you get them in close and personal with them, and the taser's going to take them down. And if they can't get out of there in time, uh, it's, it's trouble for them. Uh, I would say a Galt and a Shane and Oryx uh, piss me off. Um, because, of course, they grab you, pull you out of your rifts, and as I said, once you're out of those rifts, you're a chicken. You're garbage. You get eaten up alive, and it's game over. So it's infuriating when you're sitting there thinking you're a little demigod and you're little rifts and just tasing people to death, mortaring minions, and then whoop, out you go because you're a gigantic freaking target, and even me <laughs> as Galt can't miss that. So uh, those two annoy me. Beyond them, I don't care who I'm going up against. It doesn't bug me one bit. I generally love going up against 
like a Wrath or even a Phoebe because they're a little bit more of a squishy melee. Uh, I love a Pendles because he'll come in on me because I'm a big fat thing and I just turn around and tase him straight to death. I was going to say I like going up against Galileas because I can generally eat him up pretty well, but the last Galilea I played against, she had her pull, you know, her, her goop pull on, and she was really good about displacing me from my rift. So anyone with a displacement, like a Galt, Shane and Oryx, a good Galilea, a Boulder or a Montana who can dash you out of them, I don't like going up against those guys. Uh, another ones I don't like going up against would be someone like an Oscar Mike or a Whiskey Foxtrot if they manage to stay at range, because they can do some pretty good damage to you and to your rifts. You know, Whiskey Foxtrot throwing grenades on your little rift rift area and just blowing it all up. Oscar Mike with his airstrike, stuff like that. So squishier melees, I really love eating up his cleese with my taser. And anyone with a displacement, I just hate. Because keep me in my rifts. Don't knock me out of them. Boom, there you got it. We concur. Got to stay in those rifts, man. Anybody mm. tries to get you out, kill them. Or just run away and come back and fight another day. Mm. That's generally the way I go. I just abandon post and come back somewhere else. Yeah. Usually back up with the taser around and try and float away. Mm-hmm. And kick your little feet. It's beautiful. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Don't hurt me. Then sometimes they get underneath you and won't let you land, though. That's no good. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's true. Yeah, that's very true. It's <laughs> happened. It's a sad, sad day when you're looking down at your death. Uh-huh. <laughs> just let me land, please. I just want to land. <laughs> I'm an old man. I'm decrepit. You see, I'm in a damn chair. Let me go. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> So yeah, I think that pretty much wraps it up for Cleese, unless anybody's got any last thoughts or pro tips, anything? Hey, I've pretty much said my whole say, man. You follow mm-hmm. that, and you're going to be golden. I'm actually going to try Eric's. I'm going to actually try Eric's Lodo. He, he kind of sold me on this a little bit. I don't think mm-hmm. it's better than mine, mind you. But uh... Well, of course not. <laughs> you should never believe that. Never trust an Eric. Trust me. That, that's true. That's the golden rule. He makes some good points. If I if I cater my gear toward boosting that max shield and adding some of that to the damage of the mortars, I can see where that might be beneficial. I'm, I'm going to probably give that a try. It's worth a shot, and you can tell me I'm stupid later if you want. But... All right, so that should pretty much wrap it up, except for... Uh-oh, surprise oh, mailbag question. Uh-oh, oh no, we're doing the mailbag. We're doing it. We, we got somebody to back us up on this one, so uh, I'm going to make Sean go first on the on answering this question. So this question comes to us from our buddy Joe Zoes, at Joe Zoes on Twitter. He asks, what character balance updates would you expect in the next update? Um, man, that's, that's, that's tough. Um, I hear people still complaining that Beatrix is, is OP. I don't necessarily agree with that, but I've seen that on Twitter a lot where they, they think she's OP and I don't know if they're intending to maybe bring down her attack damage with that, uh, injector of hers, especially when she aims down sight. It can be pretty nasty. It can do a lot of damage. I expect being as she's the newest character, we'll probably see a few tweaks to her. Um, they've had less time to fine tune her stuff. Um, other than that, I mean, everybody usually gets a few tweaks. It, I would expect to see any character that's underused. Uh, now we've been talking about Cleese, but you don't see a lot of Tobies. I, I'd love to see him do something with Toby and, and, and make him a little more, uh, effective out there. There's a million things they could do. Well, there's a million, but you know, you listed a couple that are, I think, legit, um, and, you know, you were stating about Beatrix needing some help. You know, well, you've heard that she needs some help anyway, but I would have to agree with those crying out on Twitter. There's been a ton of matches where I feel I should be able to go toe-to-toe with Beatrix. 
uh, especially when I'm playing like Phoebe, etc. And a good Beatrix will just melt my face. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, I, I can see you winning. You know, obviously, if you're real good at your character, you know, don't, no duh, I'm going to lose some matches. But I feel like I don't stand a chance with some of them that are coming out there. So I would, I, I still think she needs a little bit of a damage reduction on her part. And I think, like you said, being the newest character, we will see some tweaks with her. For myself, beyond Beatrix, Boulder is still just, he's mm. just very annoying. You're right. <laughs> I feel like I cannot kill him. And that bothers me. I understand he's a tank character, and I, I'm I'm an, and I'm even okay with not even being able to kill him. I really am, but he shouldn't be able to do the same kind of damage that I'm doing to him, except for he's taking no damage because he's an immortal god, and I'm <laughs> of course taking damage. So I either at that point have to go, oh yeah, tank just beat me, and I have to retreat, or just accept death because I'm unwilling and unable to just retreat because I hate him so much. Might be a personal issue, of course might just be me and uh, not understanding how to kill a boulder. It's not just you. I just feel he's still he's still just too powerful and I think they need to get rid of uh a, some just tone him down a bit somehow or re redo a couple abilities just god. He should not be able to last that long or do that much damage one or the other. Mm. Either reduce damage or reduce uh health or you know change an ability that allows him obviously to live as long as he does so but for me that's about it everybody else seems to be pretty legit i mean i don't i don't see any other issues what about you matt yeah i'm glad you brought up beatrix sean because i hadn't been thinking about her and i still maintain that her cooldowns are too fast because anytime i play as her i'll pop patient zero i'll pop my fulminate and by the time the fulminate is done shooting and my patient zero has worn off patient zero's up again so apply it fulminate Patient zero, fulminate, all over, all over. It just, it's, it's just too quick. She needs a nerf on that. Plus, I think she gets that silence on the fulminate at one of her very first levels, and that always destroys me. If I'm going up against a Beatrix, I'm always silenced. I can't do anything. So I think that's got to get turned down a little bit, you know, further down in the, uh, in the helix. I'm glad you mentioned Toby too because. I never play Toby because I feel like he's just way too fragile and doesn't do enough damage. Like I try to play him every now and then, and I just get destroyed. So I think you're right. He needs a little, a few more buffs. And I wouldn't be surprised if they did something with Galilea because a really good Galilea can still just totally eat you up. I don't think she's overpowered, but I can definitely see them either moving like her pull further down or something with the shield stun, maybe having the shield throw have a longer cooldown. Something like that. I can definitely see them, you know, making tweaks to Galilea, too. Obviously, I don't know if she needs anything done to her, but uh, I just wanted to bring it up real quick while we're on sort of this topic. Uh, Thorn. I used to see Thorn a ton, and she used to be overpowered and was annoying as all hell. Mm. You know, you got inside her goop, and it was just, you're dead. But uh, I don't really see her anymore. Uh, and, and maybe that's just because, you know, player base down, like we discussed a little bit later, earlier. But uh, I don't see her. And I'm wondering if that's because she's not viable anymore, or just, or just since she's been nerfed and is, you know, just a normal character like everybody else, people move on to whatever they deem a little bit more powerful or whatever. I used to use Thorn a lot more, and I, I find I don't use her as often as I used to either. I feel like, you know, if I'm gonna go sniper now, especially with Beatrix, is another option at sort of a proto sniper type of character. I, I just feel like Thorn's more difficult to use than Marquise or, or Beatrix. 
And so she's kind of become my third option. No, that makes a lot of sense. I could definitely see them doing something to her to increase her playability. That'd be great. Yeah, I definitely think Marquis easier to use. Yeah, and, yeah. and there, therefore, since she's been nerfed, maybe he's just easily the option to go with, unless you just really love Thorn for the lore, lore reasons or aesthetics or whatever. What about you, Matt? Now you mentioned you mentioned before that getting in her goop used to be instant death. I don't think anybody plays her anymore because they did that super nerf on everybody's AOEs. Mm-hmm. It was both the size and the damage of it. I would like to see at least the size come back because, you know, I used to play Oscar Mike all the time. He was my very first character, first one I mastered, and they knocked his AOE on his, you know, his uh, his fire AOE. They knocked the range on it down so much. It's And if you take the other helix, which shortens it down but increases the damage, it's barely the size of, you know, a character. So I'd like to see them bring the AOE range back up even if you can you can keep the damage down but characters with big aoe's just aren't nearly as viable anymore or as useful you got to be like super exact with them so i think that's why you don't see a thorn and i'd like to see her buffed back up a little because she was fun to play with you know her death goop and it doesn't have to stay as you know super instant death goop but it's got to be a little bit more more useful more fun to play if you want to have more people playing her plus bows and arrows are just awesome you know, having come off Platinuming Horizon, I'm just saying. Yeah, there you go. Bows and arrows, man. That is the way to go. I've been itching to actually play Thorn, hence why I was thinking about her when we were just talking about this. I was like, yeah, I'm a bows and arrows guy. I could do this. It'd be great. She's going to be my next big dog character. And then I was like, wait a minute. No one plays no. her anymore after that big nerf. I wonder if she sucks. <laughs> well, make sure you play her when we're not playing together, because I don't want to lose because you're dead all the time. Well, or maybe I'll play her right when we start one time. Yeah, there you go. And that way we're not getting all crazy because we're, you know, drunk and stupid. There you go. <laughs> Goodness. Well, we got definitely got to thank Joe Zos for that question. Appreciate it. Yes, definitely. And sorry about the delay in answering it, you know, but been getting things around and going, buddy. You know we love you. Yep, and so if anybody else has any mailbag questions for us, if you've got any comments, any concerns, or if you just want to say hi, you can email us at info at thirdshift.me. You can tweet at us at thirdshiftme, and you can find us on Facebook under Third Shift. Heck yeah, and you know, as always, we got ourselves a wonderful little old Patreon. We treat it as a tip jar. If you guys got a dollar, you got $2, maybe even $5,000, which would pay off a couple bills for me. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> if you don't, we like smiles and letters and happy thoughts. Those are also very legitimate ways to send your love our way, and we appreciate it always, as we state, every single week, because we, honest to goodness, do. We do appreciate love and ratings and reviews on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Podbean, any one of those services. We really appreciate that. And other than that, what about you, Sean? Where can people find you on Twitter? Where can people get, get at you? Any projects you got coming up you want to tell the people about? Anything going on? Uh, I am on Twitter quite a bit, uh, probably too much, at 10K Beers on there. Uh, 10, the number 10K Beers. Uh, also, you can find me on Instagram, same name, 10K Beers. Promoting, I just actually recently did a podcast. If any of the listeners are into comic books, I, I did a podcast co-hosting job on a show called Parlapod uh, with a good friend of mine, Dave Schultz. Nice enough to let me be on there. And uh, if you want to check that out, that episode is available now. It's uh, episode number 35 of Parlapod. Uh, other than that, that's that's where they can find me. I was going to say, we'll definitely link that down below too so people can check that out if you know they're all like, oh man, got to give me some comic book action. Oh yeah. That's right. 
Yeah, if you like to talk comic books, you can hit me up on Twitter there too. I, I definitely like to talk a lot of comics on there. So I was just about to say, if you guys want to talk about to- comics or Battleborn, definitely hit up Sean. He's very knowledgeable, mm-hmm. platinum in the old Battleborn. Always posting about some crazy comics stuff I don't even have a clue about. <laughs> Different world, holy moly! I'm like, man, maybe I should read some comics again. It's been a long time. Definitely and then I go, should read. Oh some yeah, comics. I've got these little children who scream at my face all the time, and <laughs> they don't. I can barely play video games. Let alone read a comic right now. <laughs> you got to buy some for them. That's what I did. You know that's true. Give them get some them comic books. Kids yeah. comics. You're right. Maybe. There you go. Make it a thing. Yeah, see, there you go. There's I got to get them ones. reading first, though. Then, then they'll actually, because right now, if I give them the comic, they're just going to start hitting me with it and tell me to read it to them. So, therefore, the comic <laughs> I want to read now has to be put aside. So, see I, see, I was picturing you trying to read a comic book and both daughters coming up and just like ripping it out of your hands and tearing it in half <laughs> and, then, and going, then, Daddy! Yeah, a couple ah! pages out of it and then spitting them out on me. And, you know, uh-huh. yeah. And then, then crawling up the sides of the walls and hanging from the top end and then puking. Yeah. Yep, yep. That generally is an average day for me. Yeah, that's about <laughs> right. But uh, if you guys are all interested in playing some Battleborn, I can tell you right now, Sean's the man to get to. He's always on there on the PlayStation 4. So as he said, hit him at 10K beers. He, I'm sure he'd be willing to play. He's got a little crew he runs with, but a bunch of cool guys, you know, Moose Man and Donut Home, good guys yep. to play with. <laughs> yeah they wanted me to send my regards you know moose man elk steve and donut home i guess two of those yep, donut home. People. Yeah, that's donut his home. new name donut home right now I, home. I was, i'm digging that one yeah he's become a good. listener too so he's he i'm sure he'll catch this he's, oh, he's nice. definitely good, gotten into good, the show good. so glad we dragged one more poor soul in here uh, that's right love it. and of course we thank you very much sean for joining us on this wonderful deep dive yes absolutely it feels good to do a deep dive. You know, it's been a while. And I'm like, wow. It man, has. It's been a long things. time. Jeez, oh, Pete's. So, definitely, thanks for coming along. Oh, it was, it was fun doing it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Seriously, it mm-hmm. was uh, it was super fun and something I've always uh, thought about doing. And so, it's it's great that you gave me the opportunity to do it. That's That's been a lot of fun. And, you know, just to anybody else out there, you know, that's, this is what, you know, Patreon could get you. You know, if you tip in their jar, you might get a co-hosting opportunity because uh, that's what I did. And I think <laughs> yeah, that, that's very I true. think I tipped my way into this gig. So yeah, yeah, another well. reason to put some money in their jar. <laughs> man, guys, you're just promoting us. Oh, man. Love nice. Oh, I like yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, all right, everybody. With that, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. Call it yep. a day. And, of course, we'll be back next week. Uh, we won't have an IG2G this coming up weekend. That'll be the following weekend. And uh, with that... It's a, it's actually on Tuesday, not on the weekend. Well, but. when we record <laughs> it, you know what I'm saying. Right, <laughs> I, I, know, I know. That's some meta stuff right there. Oh, man. Oh, behind-the-scenes Jones. Yeah, exactly. So, anywho, as always, you guys, and you better join in, Mr. Sean. Don't, don't forget, forget to save. Shut up and sit down.